Today, we're going over five major money mistakes families make and how you can pivot things to hit your financial goals faster. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. It's funny how we perceive time and seasons. Right now, we're moving towards autumn, which means the year is technically wrapping up in a few short months. However, fall is a bit of a reset or a do-over for many. Maybe it's because we're in this back-to-school season and we see the kids getting excited for another school year and they're gearing up and preparing for classes. Or maybe we are looking forward to some upcoming breaks and trips where we're planning to see our friends, families, and loved ones. Either way, over these past, I'd say about 13 years or so, that I've been writing about family finances, I've noticed that September seems to be when people get a bit of a second wind which is great, and I want to be right there to cheer you on. I'd like to embrace this energy and use it so that you can have a win or two with your family finances before the year finishes up. To start off, I want to discuss some ways that we sabotage ourselves when we're working towards our financial goals. How we approach money is usually the root of where we fail. For example, maybe we have planned this out so rigidly and so carefully that we immediately want to escape because it's not flexible enough. And as the past two and a half years have proved, life happens. Or the way we talk about finances and approach it, it's, well, let's be honest, boring. In either case, we're not going to stick with the plan, which means we're not going to follow through and hit our goals. There are so many ways that your finances can get off the rails, but through the years, I see some of the same mistakes come up again and again. So I want to go over these five major money mistakes, and then I want to cover habits and strategies that can speed things up if you're doing well or can turn things around if you're not happy with your current strategy. In this episode, we're going to go into detail with how families approach their finances and the mistakes they're making with that, what you should be doing instead that will make managing your money so much easier, and then I'll share a few tips on how to make it a lot more fun. We have a lot to cover, so let's get started. If I had to rank money mistakes, either by how serious they sabotage your success or how frequently I see them, This mistake is at the top of the list in both cases, and that's not having a clear plan and reason for your money. This applies to no matter where you are in your financial journey or what goal you're trying to pursue. We're talking about saving up for an emergency or a vacation. Maybe you're looking to invest for retirement, whether that's traditional or early, or you're looking to pay down debt. You need to have a roadmap that you can follow and a way to stay motivated through the tough times. 
let's face it, if you are tackling something big like paying down massive debt or you're investing for retirement, no matter how far or soon that is, you're still talking about a large amount of money. And that means that it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's going to be a process. I want you to have a clear idea of what you need to do month to month, but then also have that long-term view, that big picture plan, and the reason for why you're doing it firmly embedded in your mind, because that will keep you motivated through the tough times. How exactly do you do that? Now, I'll link to the episodes in the show notes that go into more detail, but two key things you need to master is creating SMART goals and then also having a way to define and visualize why you want to tackle this goal as a priority. So with SMART goals, you're not just taking a very vague goal like paying down debt. You're actually attaching a number. I want to pay $20,000 of debt. I want to pay $30,000 of debt, whatever it is. Then you come up with a timeline. With that timeline, you can work backwards and see, okay, well, if I want to hit this in the next year, next two years, three years, whatever it is, I need to put aside this much money to pay down the debt. And when you have a concrete number, you can then go and compare it to your current budget. Is it possible for you to achieve this? If not, what adjustments do you need to make? It could be that you have to optimize your budget and look for ways to lower your expenses. Or maybe you have to increase your income, either by negotiating with your current employer, switching jobs, or earning extra money on the side with a side hustle or some work through the gig economy. But that initial piece of Getting really specific with your goals can then help you craft a real plan to achieve them. And then the second component is having a visual way to remind yourself. Now, for some, what they like to do is change the background on their devices, on their computers with the goal that they're achieving. So for example, maybe you are trying to pay off all this unnecessary debt because you want to switch careers. So you could put, for example, the career that you want as a screen, as a reminder, or maybe you want to have more flexibility with your schedule and time with the kids. Well, then a family photo could be a way to do that. You can also put a picture on the refrigerator. There's a lot of goal-based apps that you can use as well. Whatever method you prefer, go for it. The idea is that you are feeding yourself this motivation regularly to keep on the plan. We'll get into this a little bit more, but when you have those check-ins, also keep that in mind, not just the numbers, but the why behind your goal. So that's the first money mistake and how you can fix it. The second mistake I see with family finances is that they have one person handle it all. Now, I'm not talking about someone who's the go-to person. Most families, including us, have that. I handle the day-to-day with the budgets. I run the numbers. I love to put together a spreadsheet. And we find that it's a convenient way to delegate and take care of that. 
But it doesn't mean that my husband Rob doesn't have a say. In fact, I make sure it's baked into the system that we talk about not just the goals, but that he has access to the numbers. And that's really important in a relationship, in your marriage, and in your finances for a few reasons. One, I've seen a lot of resentment from the person handling the finances. In some cases, they feel like there's a lot of pressure that they have to get it right. And at the same time, they feel that the other isn't participating, or maybe that the family doesn't really buy into the budget that they put. And so they break the budget, which frustrates them and they almost want to give up. But then I've also seen the opposite. And in this case, the person handling the finances is a bit controlling. And this is an entirely different episode, whether that's intentional or not. But how that affects the relationship is that the other feels like they have no say, no power in their marriage. It doesn't feel like a partnership. In fact, in some cases, some describe this feeling like being a child in the relationship. Not only is that damaging for your marriage, but practically speaking, also your finances, because you're not on the same page. One of the things I suggest is even if you have a go-to person, make sure that it is easy for both of you to see the numbers and have a regular way to check in so that you both have an input on the budget and on the goals. It's easier said than done if you haven't had these discussions before, but I do have some tips and I'll include it in the show notes where you can have these conversation starters to make it easier to talk about finances in a more productive way and not play the blame game with each other. I want the two of you to feel like you have a say in the direction of both your goals and then also with the finances. All right, so let's talk about this third one because this is another huge mistake that families make. It's thinking that a particular budget or tool is going to solve all your financial problems. No one budget, app, site, or even podcast has the corner on the best financial advice. The reason why there are so many tools and resources out there that do work, it's because we have different goals as families that we want to achieve, and we also have different circumstances that we're all dealing with. So it makes sense that what tool works for someone may do a great job for them, but might not be the right tool for you. For me, I love talking about the 52030 budget. I think that's a great budget to start off with if you're new to that system with budgeting, but then also for those that just want a high level, easy to manage way to approach their numbers. But that doesn't mean I think it works for every family. But that's the beauty of this. You can test things out. Same with budget tools and apps that are out there. There are some incredible ones, some of them specifically designed for married couples, some of them designed for families with kids, things that are very much automated and things that give you control over every single penny and tracking that. And if you've listened to this podcast or my other podcasts, Couple Money, you've probably heard the different approaches that families have taken and yet they've still achieved some of the same goals. Like for example, I've interviewed families who have retired early. And for some, 
tracking every single penny in transaction was the way that made the most sense for them. And that's great. And then on the other side, I've had families tell me that they don't budget. They do have a system that they handle their finances, but they don't have what some people consider a traditional budget. While all of them have a plan and a timeline, how they handle the day-to-day is going to be different and has been different. So I hope that makes you feel better that if you're not happy with the tool, the problem with you, it could be that the tool's just not the right fit for you. Now, later this month, I'm going to do a Q&A session where I talk about different apps and tools that are out there for managing your money. And if you want to join in and ask a question, maybe get some ideas of what could be the right fit for you based on your goals and how you like to handle your finances, please make sure you're subscribed to the VIP podcast list. It's at simplifyandenjoy.com slash join so that you can get an update for that. It's going to be free. I like to keep it uh, smaller for listeners and people as part of the community so I can give a little more attention. As we'll discuss in that particular session, the great news for you is that there are some fantastic tools out there that are either free or low cost, and they can help you get over that finishing line. All right, we're hitting the home stretch. I'm getting excited. And this one is an easy one to fix. This mistake that a lot of families make is they don't automate their finances. And I feel like this is a really big opportunity that's being missed with families because let's be honest, most of us are busy. We ourselves have full lives that we do enjoy. We have the kids, we have work, volunteer, hobbies, things we have to do around the house. Very quickly, our weeks do get filled. I would say it's normal to have some things kind of slip through the cracks. And yes, that includes paying bills and finances. So you would do yourself a huge favor if you spent just one evening and get your essential bills taken care of and also schedule any transfers to savings little extra debt payments, contributions for retirement, and so forth. That investment of one evening pays off in dividends either once a month when you're reviewing the numbers or some people do it twice a month. It takes 15 minutes tops for me to, for example, just go through the budget, make sure the numbers are adding up, make sure the payments were correct. And for those bills that do fluctuate, I schedule the average payment And then it takes, I'll say, one minute to adjust the number to the correct amount. For example, certain utilities might vary depending on the month, whether it's electricity, water, trash, whatever. And so that's an easy fix. But I'm spending, I'll just estimate on the high end, an hour total each month to get things done. But realistically, it's probably half an hour just to do the budget review and the bill pay review for the entire month. So I feel like for an investment of a little bit of time, you get so much time bought back for yourself to enjoy life a little bit and take care of the more important things. We're at our fifth mistake. Can you guess what it is? I'll give you a second. The fifth mistake I see families make is not having a way to regularly track your progress and adjust things. 
if you listen to this podcast for a bit or you've read my book, Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money, I talk about money dates. And the reason I feel like money dates are important is that they are regular, low-key check-ins with each other that will allow you to go over the numbers. You can make adjustments if needed, but more importantly, it's also to make sure you're still aligned with each other and with the goals that you have. Too many times, we don't acknowledge that our goals shift and change or something happens and we just can't sustain a certain momentum on a goal. For example, maybe the car breaks down, you have to reset things for a month or so. That's fine, but acknowledge it, talk about it, and then readjust your budget. Initially, it might take a little bit to kind of get into the swing of things, but if you grab my book, I give you some icebreakers. I just want you to feel less stress when you're talking about finances. And then also, it's a great protection. Unfortunately, I've seen where couples don't check in with each other. And the budget goes off the rails. And even though it was initially a small mistake, by not having that conversation, it snowsball. It snowsball into something much bigger. And then it becomes a problem where you're more stressed out. And now you have to dig yourself out of this hole and completely pivot how you handle your finances. This is great both as a preventative measure but then also proactively planning and adjusting for the future. It is a wonderful thing for your relationship, your marriage, because you're still trying to keep each other on the same page. So these open and honest conversations, I feel like should be at least monthly. Some couples do a little more frequently. With a monthly cadence, it's easier to catch things when they're small. And then also you get to enjoy them when they become a regular part. You're not saying, okay, we're going to bring out the spreadsheets. It's more like, all right, let's just review the numbers. What's working for us? Do we have any vacation coming up? How do we want to plan and save for that? And then it becomes the two of you working on the goals together instead of attacking each other with the budget. So those are the five biggest mistakes I see families make over and over again. But then hopefully you can see there are different strategies and solutions you can do instead that will make managing your money so much easier, less stressful, and a little bit more fun. If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you, including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything, especially when your old employer switches providers, which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor, Capitalize, can help. Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize. Before we wrap up, I want to focus on a few key takeaways I gathered from preparing this episode. At the top of the show, I mentioned that I wanted to share some ways to manage your money in a way that's a lot more fun. So the first tip I have for you is make sure that you bake into your budget things, activities that you enjoy and love. A sustainable budget is always better than a perfect budget. I know we can sometimes be so eager 
after reading an article about a family that's tackled a massive amount of debt in two years or less, or they've achieved some huge financial milestone. We want to go for as fast as possible towards our goals, but you want to be realistic with how you handle your finances. And one of those things you need to consider is where's the fun in our budget? Now, I'm not saying that you don't optimize your expenses and find frugal ways to have fun, but that should be a regular part of your budget. That takes a lot of stress out. That's also a way for you to enjoy time as a family. So no, I don't think you should completely wipe out your vacations, but I do think, and you can listen to previous episodes, there are ways to have fun that aren't expensive. So just make sure that when you're creating the budget, you put those things in there. The second tip I have is use stories that you find online and on social media as inspiration and not comparison. Look, we all have different goals we want to achieve, right? And we're all starting from different places. And I don't want you to Look at those news stories, and I know they're entertaining. The headlines pull you in where a family's done something incredible in a short amount of time and feel bad about what you're doing or how fast you're going. You should never beat yourself up when you're looking at those stories because I can pretty much guarantee that you're not getting the whole story. Now, sometimes when I'm looking at those articles buried way and deep in the story, there's a mention of... Maybe they're making six figures at their job. Maybe they're getting a contribution or a gift from their family so they can buy a house or, you know, get that down payment. When you compare is just realize that you're only getting the highlights on social media and a lot of those personal finance stories. So when I interview couples and families as I'm trying to get the whole story and even then, you know, there's a lot of details that we're missing. Progress isn't always pretty. You're going to have bad month or months. You might have a setback almost immediately after you start. Those are typical things that happen, but I don't think they get nearly discussed as much. And while I hope that changes, realistically, I just want you to know that one of the best things you can do is not compare yourself, but instead get inspiration and get ideas from those stories. And then to tie it all together, the last tip I have is make sure you celebrate your wins. If you are, for example, paying down a massive amount of debt at certain increments, maybe after you pay off a credit card or, you know, a certain amount of money you discuss, have a way to celebrate and acknowledge that process. That's going to help you really keep focus, see how far you've come and give you that extra push to keep going because you're building that momentum. If you're looking for more family finance tips, and again, if you want to join in that Q&A session about finding the right budget tool for you, make sure you're a part of the community. It's a free newsletter. You get updated on the podcast, videos, and other bonuses. All you have to do is go to simplifyandenjoy.com slash join. I'd love for you to be a part of the community. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you've picked up a few habits and ideas to try out this fall. As always, I'll include links to the resources we've mentioned today, plus some more tools that can help make managing your money much easier in the show notes 
at simplifyandenjoy.com. Next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about, again, this dynamic of making sure both of you are on top of your finances. Unfortunately, there are situations where you need to be on the lookout if something doesn't add up or look right. We're going to be discussing red flags to keep an eye out on when it comes to your finances. If you don't want to miss out on that episode, make sure you're subscribed. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme song was by Staircases, additional music by various artists over at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much, not just for listening, but for all your support. Keep sending in those questions and stories and ideas you have. And I'm so grateful when you share your favorite episode, because that means more families are getting inspired to work as a team and to reach their goals together. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.